Hey everyone, you're tuned into InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. Join us as we talk about anything and everything. All the stuff that makes life interesting. So let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. I'm Amy and this is part two of Jeff and Amy talking about wine. Part two and we learned so much the first one, all the different kinds of wine, how they're processed, what vintage means all kinds of great things i know all kinds of wonderful little tidbits and one of the questions you asked me that i was stumped on was cabernet sauvignon you asked me if that was actually french so we did talk Mm. about the fact that wines are red wines are named after the uh unless they're a blend they're named after the grape that they're made from and and the variety of grape and one of the varieties of grapes are cabernet sauvignon and you said is that a french term and i said i don't think it is and, and then I was thinking maybe it's Latin because because a lot of times varieties of things. What did you come up with? What did I come up with? Well, the etymology, etymology, which is, which is origin, the study, of, origin words, of words, uh, study the is actually quite uncertain with regard to Cabernet Sauvignon. But uh, it's thought to be possibly from the Medoc dialect of southwestern France. So. Oh. I would say you are more right than I. And uh, well, I was just guessing. But, I didn't know. Uh, but they. But what? From what I read, the ultimate origin is uncertain. It could also be late Latin. Um, it could be derived from caput nigrim, which is um, it means black vine. Ah, yes. Interesting. So, um, the word Sauvignon is believed to be derived from the French word sauvage, which uh, means wild. You know what we? You know so what I think we're doing the, right now? What we're quenching people's thirst for information. For information. Yes. Because this is really interesting stuff. I bet you a lot of people drink Cabernet Sauvignon and don't even really think about. Yeah, we the should call etymology. our podcast. What should we call it? If we, were we should call quenching, it Cabernet Sauvignon. We're quenching people's thirst for information. Can we think of a? Yeah, exactly. That's what, what I was clever going with name that. to be come up with. I know. I know. Now you know, people. Now you know. That's where it came from. Mm-hmm. It was Jeff and Amy's. It was our brainchild. I remember we were trying to I still to remember this. when we came up with the logo. We had all these pieces of paper. We were like mad scientists. Good times. Yeah. Good times. So yes, Sauvignon <laughs> from the French sauvage, uh, meaning wild, is, is it's possible that it was derived from that. And um, the grape is uh, from uh, a wild uh, Vitis vinifera vine native to France. Ah. So the Cabernet Sauvignon is very particular to France, but um, but there's there's if you sir, it's amazing how much there is around this, and people have researched the origins of this this particular grape, and and it has been believed to be used in other countries. Um, so. You pretty much name the type of alcohol, and you can do a deep dive into it. Well, that's really. right. You can just deep dive, like yeah. literally, go just and go and go. you know, dive right into that vodka. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> or you could get online and do a figurative deep dive, which yeah. is not nearly as fun. Look up the etymological backgrounds of the wine. Let's talk about some tips around wine. Okay. So this is one that I didn't realize until later in life. But you, when you are holding your wine glass, how should you hold it? There's Always by the stem and, absolutely. and with a thing like one. Like just two fingers. Well, they don't really specify. I mean, that seems a little precarious. Your thumb and your forefinger. We got to balance risk here with. uh, I'm drinking wine now. Etiquette, but um, but definitely by the stem and closer to the base. So the further away from the bowl of the wine, the better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. The thought around that is that you don't want to warm the wine up. Well, yes, or uh, or cool it down, depending if you're so if you're drinking uh, a wine that should be served more cool. 
your hands may warm it up. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of the opposite effect of drinking. Uh, Is it in your drinking... glass long enough, though? Really? I mean, to get warm or cold? It's just... My glass specifically? It's just, a, well, yeah, particularly your glass. Absolutely not. <laughs> then the but answer is no. It's actually, not. It doesn't make a difference. I'm the one drinking wine right now, and you're not, so. <laughs> the, um, no, well, when you're drinking, say, brandy from a, you're doing a lot of. Yeah, I know. That was really loud. We might have to edit that one out. That's just my chair, everybody, just so you know. That's Jeff Shifton. Yeah. Being all shifty. Um, when you're drinking brandy from a snifter. You... Snifter? They're called snifter? That's interesting. Well, now you're making me second. Is it not called snifter? Brandy snifter? Snifter? What do you think it's how called? Would you sp- how would you spell snifter? Well, exactly as it S-N-I-F-T-E-R? Oh, damn. That's over that snifter, dude. Well. That kind of thing? As I Google this brandy or... glass. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the well, idea no, of drinking brandy is that you drink it in a glass that I'm your not, palm actually warms the brandy, I'm not, right? I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I've never heard that word before, snifter. So you're, you're really teaching me something, this one. Oh, well. If, that, if that's what indeed it is. Yes. Yeah, so, so a snifter is actually, it's a type of stemware that's got a very short stem. Oh. And the majority of the glass, it's a wide bottom glass, very narrow at the top. And it's used for things like uh, bourbon, brandy, or whiskey. Yeah. So when you're drinking from a snifter, you tend to cradle it in the palm of your hand and it warms the beverage. Ah. So in that t- particular scenario, you're actually trying to alter the temperature with your hand. But with wine, you are supposed to hold it from the base. And I found this interesting because... I have a question for you about wine. Because I hold that thought. Okay. What is your question for that wine? That, I'll hold well, my thought. Why is it that they don't cool wine down? Well, I mean, they do, uh, and we're going wine. to and we're going to talk about that. Okay, okay. I figured if you had that covered. We are, <laughs> we are. So, not only does holding the wine by its stem help keep the serving temperature of the wine intact, right? To make it, you know, so that you are able to taste all the elements at the, you know, utmost way that they should be. Right. <laughs> that, Go on. that was not. Very, the utmost way they that should was be. not very articulate but you got what i was catching trying to you pick you were picking did, up what i was laying down did our listeners though i hope so okay but the other thing is is when you grab the like glass of wine by the actual glass yeah you end up covering it in greasy old fingerprints you do and if you want to be super classy and bring it to the next ocd level which i always do you should concentrate on always taking a drink from your wine glass from the same spot Particularly if you're wearing lipstick or lip gloss. I thought you were going to say, like, get some tongs. Don't even touch your glass. <laughs> Don't even touch your glass. And drink. It's like a science experiment where you, you know, where you'd use yeah. the... Uh, Beakers and stuff? Yeah. I don't know where you're going with this. But. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good job, Beakers. That's how I was going with it. Okay. it's a good guess, then. Um, okay. Yeah, no, but drinking it from the same spot will stop you from getting those lipstick or or lip gloss or just plain greasy old whatever you had for supper lips all the way around the rim of your glass. Right. And um, keeping your fingers on the stem will keep the bowl of the glass clean. So those are some tips. If you want to look super suave drinking your wine at the restaurant, yeah, you got our, we got you covered. Um, so... According to Wine Enthusiast Magazine, a good thing to invest in is good stemware. And when we're talking stemware, we're talking the glasses that you drink your wine out of. Right. So. The snifters. What do you look? Well, no. Not for wine. No. Okay. Go ahead. We've covered that. Um, (laughs) No. We should do like a Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse 
playhouse thing where there's like a word of the podcast. Bunsen burners. Bunsen burners. Uh, that's the word I was trying to Bunsen think of burgers. earlier. I was trying to think of Bunsen burners with the, anyways. Okay. In the, in gotcha. the beakers, beakers and you're trying to heat them over the Bunsen burners. Like a science experiment. Yeah. Go on. Back to, yeah. Okay, moving on. So how do you invest in decent stemware? What do you look for? That's a good question. You should look for glasses with a medium-sized bowl so they're versatile, versatile enough for all wines. And you should look for wines that have thin rims because that makes the wine taste better. Why does it make it taste better? I have no friggin' clue. But it might be because of the. But I have to agree. Do you remember we had glasses for a while that we came by that were like from, I think they were from Mexico or something, and they had like a cobalt rim. They're very thick glass. I don't remember those at all. Well, the the rim of its of the glass itself was very thick. And I find they're common in Mexico or like mm. in South American countries. They'll often serve their glasses with that cobalt like glass goblets? ring. Yes. And the glass is super thick. And I have never really enjoyed drinking out of those types of glasses. And apparently a thinner rimmed glass, like a crystal or something, actually has is supposed to make the wine taste better. Maybe because it aerodates, aer- aer- whatever the word is. Aerates? Aerates the... the uh... You know, the air and makes it... Well, I mean, that would have to do more with the size of the bowl, I guess. the wine and stuff. But, um, yeah. Maybe it has to do with where your tongue is laying against the thicker rim versus the thinner rim. Yeah, I suppose. Some physics in there. So, yeah, look for a medium-sized bowl. Um, I tend to get the ones with the giant bowls because then it's less, less filling. Yeah, right. less trips to the, bath- to the bathroom, to the bathroom, and to the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not less filling as far as into your belly. Though. No, no, but less. But less filling it up. Yes, yeah. less requests for gotcha. refills. You just get a giant bowl, but there—it's incredible how big, uh, you know, how a big, how much wine a big one of the bigger glasses will hold. You can literally dump uh, a whole bottle of wine, yeah. well, at least a half a bottle. Now, just for reference, a typical glass of wine is only about five ounces. So when you're filling out those quizzes about how much alcohol you drink in the course of a week, uh, five ounces is what you should be saying if you're drinking a glass of wine. But the vast majority of us are probably drinking far more than that if we're using a large, bold glass. Um, yeah. There's about five, five ounces of, uh, sorry, five regular size glasses of wine in a bottle. Oh, yes. So five, okay. five ounces glasses. Uh, and I think most people are probably pour, over pouring a little of that. So. I think so. And in this that's fine. Just it's just an awareness thing. Mm-hmm. It's an awareness thing. Mm-hmm. Um, hand washing is always the best to keep those wine glasses looking looking good. Now I happen to know that I, I have some wine glasses that I can get away with putting in the top rack of the di- rack of the dishwasher, but then I have some others with very thin rims. Yeah, we've already lost two casualties Wash of me them trying to put the, by I, hand. I, I really try to put anything that can go into a dishwasher into a dishwasher. Absolutely. I do. Why wash it by hand? Life's too short, people, to be washing stuff by hand. And it would be lonely without the rest of those dishes. But we used to have two of those big, nice, the, the one that you're drinking out of there with the, the nice yeah. big glass. We only have one now? Sorry, we used to have four. Yeah. And now we're down to two. Oh. And then I stopped putting them in the dishwasher. It's <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> because the banging around. We've had two for us, quite a while. Gave us some casualties. We really have. We as have. As long as I can remember. Yeah, so kind once of. we switched out of the dishwasher with those. So the, the moral of the story is, at your own risk, get to know your glassware, become one with them. Try to have a good understanding of what type of abuse they can take, and then decide accordingly what level of risk you want to take 
versus your amount of time of washing by hand. That is the question. It really doesn't take a long time to wash them by hand if you wash them straight away. Yeah. No, it doesn't at all. And they're usually, you know, that they, they, you don't get the cloudiness and other things that can happen from going through a dishwasher. Why do people swish their wine like this? Uh, a lot of times it is to add air. Air? And, and yes. so it adds the uh, flavor palette, shall we say? Yes. It adds to the It brings flavor. out more of the, the aromas, the bouquets. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I'm not getting into a, a like sommelier a... level here. No. Okay. <laughs> But Let's continue on with the Wine 101, part two. Is Jeff sniffing into his glass there? <laughs> um, I'm just sniffing to make sure it's, you know, I grabbed the right glass. Did I grab the right one? Uh, so keep your wine comfortable. So the worst place, and this isn't with regard to temperature, but steadiness. One of the worst places you can keep your wine is on top of a refrigerator because of the heat oh, that comes up from the back of the refrigerator. And also the Might vibrations well. uh, from the constant running of your refrigerator can wreak havoc. You must wine... well leave it in the oven on low. <laughs> well, wine likes to be kept in a nice, still, quiet, dark uh, place, which is why, you know, they build wine cellars. Well, because it's still aging. They want to be, it should be in a temper- temperature controlled, out of direct uh, sunlight, and basically the coolest, darkest place you got. So, if you know, even if you're in an apartment, a, a closet is the best way to be storing your wine. Mm-hmm. Not white wine, though. Well, the worst place to store wine um, is on top of the refrigerator, but if you are getting wine prepped, you got to get it up to the right temperature. So, that's when refrigerators come into handy. Uh, so in terms of serving red wine, generally red wines should be served, and I've always thought room temperature, mm-hmm. but they should be actually served slightly warmer than room temperature. Slightly warmer. Oh, interesting. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Slightly cooler. Oh, slightly cooler than room I, that's temperature. That's what I figured. Slightly cooler. So it's, and it depends on the wine, too. But mm-hmm. if you want just a, a quick rule of thumb that you can remember, reds are warm, whites are cold. Yeah, we knew that. And sparklings are ice cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is why you'll see people who throw the champagne like in the freezer. Prosecco for, and stuff like that. Don't forget that. the champagne in the freezer. That's disastrous. We, no, as many a New Year's Eve gone awry has discovered. I've been at a New Year's Eve party when someone threw champagne in the freezer and forgot about it. And it just... Wasn't a good story. It blew up? It blew up. Glass and all? Well, I don't know if it broke, but I think the cork blew and made a mess. I gotcha. So, yes, red wine's slightly cooler than room temperature. Uh, So that would mean like 15 to 20 degrees Celsius. And then our white wines, you want them slightly warmer than fridge temperature. So it's not like straight out of the fridge. You take them out of the fridge and then you let them warm up just a little bit. Right. Around 7 to uh, 12 degrees Celsius. Then your sparkling wines, you want them ice cold. Like seven, three to seven degrees. Yeah. Then uh, same with your, um, you know, certain whites, rosé wines. But as you get into the richer, more full-bodied wines, you might want to serve those a little bit warmer to bring out more flavor. Oh, yeah. Still cold or cool, but a little bit warmer than you might do a rosé wine, for instance. And same with the reds. As you kind of get into those more bolder uh, heavy bodied reds, mm-hmm. you want to serve those a little warmer. So a light red wine, it might be 15 degrees Celsius. You might want to move more towards the 20 degrees Celsius. Of You can actually buy probably 
the, you know, contraptions that would bring wine up to temperature. Oh, yeah, they've got all the contraptions. Everything you can think of. You just press a button and it gets you the perfect temperature. In like 10 seconds. And then dessert wines are all over the map. It really depends on what style of dessert wine you're having and right. what temperature you should serve it. That being said, I mean, that's complicated. No, like, like, let's be, you know, like, be realistic here. Most of us aren't walking around to a party, dinner party with our thermometer. No. A good rule of thumb is white's cool, red's warm, mm-hmm. and sparkling ice cold. Yeah. I think, I mean, that alone, I think, is enough. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, one way, though, to know if the temperature is a bit off, if a wine starts to burn your nose when you smell it because of uh, a smell of alcohol, it can be too warm. So, you might want to try cooling it down. So, That's if you can smell. temperature dependent and how Yeah, it smells. so if you can smell too much alcohol coming off of it, mm. it could be an indication it's being served too warm. So, you should try cooling it down. And if it doesn't have any flavor, you might want to try warming it up. Hmm. So, for instance, if you store your red wines in the fridge, you want to bring them out and get them down to closer to room temperature before you serve them. Mm-hmm. And that's true, I think, of a lot of things. If you think about when you're tasting a very cold, cold beverage, you don't get the flavors of the beverage as much as if something were a warmer beverage. Mm-hmm. Right? So yes. the same is true as wine. And I've even heard now it's become acceptable to, for people to throw an ice cube in a glass of white wine. And there was a time when that was considered quite crass because they thought it, you know, watered down, uh, you know, the, uh, a beautiful white wine. But it's become a general practice that it just brings it's okay. out the flavor. Throw, throw an ice cube in there if it's, it improves your wine drinking experience. Do so up. I have an interesting question about wine. So how, so wine obviously is better after it ages. So the longer wine Not sits. all wines. Okay, no, not really? Certain wines are. Okay. Good wines are. Good wines are. A lot of wines kind of reach their peak goodness even after as little as a year. Really? But, it, you know, if you're looking at a more high-end range of wines, then that would be true. Okay. Well, so my question is, is what technically causes that to happen? What makes the, the taste better as time passes? Obviously, it's some kind of chemical reaction while it ages that makes the wine taste better right right are you going to lead into the answer that you researched no for this i'm question wondering you if have? you i wonder if you knew or any or our li- our listeners know maybe perhaps you could get a hold let's of listen us see on uh you hear, huh you hear any answers out there so you don't have an answer to that <laughs> i thought you might i'm just fucking yeah. <laughs> thought you might jeff oh. jeff prides himself on throwing me a stumper each one this is just an interesting because i mean i've always thought it had to do with you know but I'm just making this stuff up now. But be, you know, if it's being aged in a barrel, if it's like it just everything just this isn't takes info more lies. time. This is info quench. Improvise. Info lies. Info li- <laughs> I'm just oh, lies. Up. <laughs> info prize. Yes. Yeah. If I don't know, I'll tell you. I don't know. One suggestion I would make around wine is if you find a wine you like, note. Take note, yeah. because sometimes it's hard to remember. And then, so for instance, if you're at a restaurant and you're really enjoying the wine, write down the name of the wine from the menu, because chances are you're going to find it in your local liquor yeah. store far cheaper and uh, and just as enjoyable. We so, like to find the best cheap wine. And we have, I think, grocery store wine. So when you're writing it down, don't think just like just the name. Write the producer, you know, the vintage. Mm-hmm. So if, if you remember from the last episode, the that's vintage. the year yep. that it was produced, the name. Um, maybe make note of what you paid for it in the restaurant, and then you'll get an idea if you're getting a good deal when you're buying it uh, at the liquor store. Yeah. And uh, 
And you can also, if you want to, you know, really get into wine, note maybe some of the aromas and flavors that you liked, the overall impression of why you liked it, because that may help you find other wines that you enjoy. I mean, what is it about that cheap wine that we like? That we like so much. That price tag, baby. I know. Besides the price tag, baby. <laughs> besides the price tag. What well, is, it's, is a, it's full body, right? You mean the old, the mean the grocery store wine we buy? The yeah, Cabernet. Yeah, so, Yeah, it's a, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. It's full bodied. Um, it's got a, it does have a good price tag. Yeah, it's, it, it's I like find some bucks. penny or some, some wines will have uh, like a coppery taste or something to them. Yeah. This one doesn't. Okay. Again, it's a matter of preference, but I know you and I have, we really enjoy this one. Yeah. And this one's great drank as the Amy Schumer special, which is when you're like, oh, yeah. I want to have a glass of wine, but you know what? It's a weeknight and I've already had six. So maybe my seventh needs to be a little bit lighter. I jest, people, I jest. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to be putting these sentences together if I was on I wish I had like six. a laugh track right after that. <laughs> um so the Amy Schumer special is you just put a little bit of wine, a couple inches of wine in the bottle of your glass, a regular drinking glass, because, you and know, then, do that then it makes it even times. less alcoholy. Um, add some, a little bit of lime juice and lemon juice. And we, we buy, we buy it by the bottle, lemon and lime juice. We do. Nobody's got, I, we don't have time to be squeezing fresh limes and lemons all the time. So we just buy the bottles, real, real, it says real lemon juice and real wine. It's not, lime juice. it tastes fine for, to us. Yes, it's perfect. Yeah. A couple squirts of that in with the wine and then fill it up with some like club soda or like if you have a soda stream or just water if you don't have either of those and some ice cubes give it a stir and it's a nice light sangria Mm -hmm. so it's a great way to have a summer drink without a ton of alcohol content and uh and it's a good way to get in the mood for uh you know recording a wine podcast without a full glass of wine (laughs) so is that your rosé anyway no, this is uh, actually a flavoring that I got from the corn crib locally. The oh. corn crib. It's a lime cherry uh, mix. Stevi- stevia? No. Uh, yes, I think, it, or no, uh, is it stevia? Yeah, I think it's stevia, stevia as a yeah. sweetener. Okay, cool. Wow, I'm learning so much aside. about wine. Just a, an alternative to just, I like, I like regular water, but that's for another podcast when you really want to be bored. Wait for a water podcast, everybody. More- <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the fact info. that i've been refilling our water cooler by hand since the start of the pandemic yes you have yeah. because it was too much of a risk to be going out and about we were minimizing our trips even to go to the grocery store so the idea of making a special trip to the you know convenience store where we would get our water bottles for our cooler seemed a little bit too risky so i have moved to filling them up with a funnel from our tap yeah and it works really well. We have great... Like, Fill it up halfway. Our St. John uh, City Water has actually won awards for the quality. We actually have great tasting oh, great. Uh, water. But I like the water cooler because it just keeps it really cold. And then it also has a really hot setting for just making instant coffee or Gotta tea. Get that water award. So I... Uh, I well, it's important. Oh, it is. It's, it's good, healthy water to drink. And I just wonder what a, a water award even looks like. Is it like a drop? I don't, what is it? <laughs> It's fleeting. You have to get it before it evaporates. That? What is that trophy? <laughs> and uh, is and so I've been filling water? up our water bottles 
and eventually we'll we'll exchange them in too but i'm trying to make sure that they stay nice and clean that they're not you know getting any kind of bacteria or anything in them and we have a self-cleaning uh water cooler so yeah. it's been a great way to save money and also minimize any kind of uh public trips to to the store during a pandemic so right just a little bit about that another tip yeah so info to quench um, your mind you can find great wine on the cheap and so South America said. is a great way, is a great region to be checking for great wine bargains. And I remember Peter Smith, uh, who owns a Happiness Wine Bar here yeah. in uh, Happiness, is an awesome little wine bar on Princess Street here in Uptown St. John, New Brunswick. And he uh, had told me once that Argentinian wines uh, were a great value for the money. You get yes. a great, you can get a very good quality wine from Argentina for not a lot of money. And so I often go to that section in the liquor store. Incidentally, that is where we discovered the wine that we love the most, Rudeberg. It's where we first. Well, had no, Rudiburg. we didn't because that one's from South America. What? Oh, well, I'm referring to Argentina, but you mean that's what we actually had at Happiness Wine Bar? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, I'm out of South America. I'm oh, just okay. saying that the, <laughs> the first time we had Rudeberg was was there. I don't know. Where is that from again? South, where is it? Yeah, Rudeberg's from South America, but uh, oh. yeah, Peter was who had recommended yeah. it. He, it was a wine he, he was carrying at the time at Happiness. So definitely reach out, try different areas. Don't get stuck on French wines or Italian and not branch out because you may find that there is great value in good wine in other regions of the world. And then there's the idea of old wines versus new wines. So the old country wines. The vintage. Well, more so not the year it was made, but just the fact of where it was made. So oh, wines see. from like North America made in Canada and the U.S. would be considered like a new world wine. Whereas those but made... equally delicious. In, uh, oh, absolutely. But those, and those made in Europe would be considered more of the old world from the old country. Don't snub wine in a box or a can. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of top producers of wine who are now using those formats. And it's a great way when you just want to have a glass or you need wine for cooking. Um, and it lasts for months. Well, I don't know who's, whose house is it really lasting for months in. Not ours. <laughs> Gone that day. I don't know if anyone was tracking the time frame. but uh, Gone that hour. But they're also great. You know, if you get one that's a bit of a dud, you can still use a cheaper wine. It's great for, for spritzers or for maybe making a nice sangria, adding some fruit and fruit juices and, mm -hmm. um, you know, some sparkling water to it. And cans are great, too. We recently, uh, you know, we packed a picnic, picnic mm -hmm. and... You get some great cans, uh, good quality, like Lindemann's, great cans of wine, nice small servings, just something to get a taste. Absolutely. And, um, without carting a, a full bottle that makes a spectacle of yourselves. And, uh, and it's an excellent and way such. to sample wines that you've never tasted, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, big a big sample of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in restaurants, you know, don't be afraid to ask your server to adjust the temperature of your wine so if they're if you're buying a whole bottle and you and they've brought you a warm uh white bottle of wine well ask them to chill it you know they may be able to bring out a bucket and and uh with some ice and make sure that you speak up for uh if you need some temperature adjustments it's usually pretty easily done and it can definitely affect your enjoyment of the wine so be sure to ask for that also, when you're ordering from the wine menu, never go for that second cheapest bottle of wine. So you know how there's always when you're going Smart through, up. you see that little house wine and you see the, the mm -hmm. least expensive? Well, that's the one that's selling the most frequently. 
nobody's going for the second bottle of wine and because that it doesn't get turned over as much so you may have a bottle that's been open for a while and mm-hmm. um and usually there's uh, people put a uh, restaurant will put a lot of stock into what they're promoting as their house wine so it's usually a fairly good quality it's one that they're using to represent the restaurant and they're yes. quite proud of so it's worth house giving wine. it a try even if it's the cheapest wine on the menu give it a shot um and it's a great way just to kind of broaden your horizons and uh you know absolutely i agree with branch that. out into new areas that makes sense watch when they're topping your wine up sometimes when you're ordering a bottle they'll come and automatically top it up keep an eye on that and if they're topping it up too quickly you know let them know i remember being at a a japanese restaurant in cuba on a resort and they topped up my rosé wine and i actually because we were in a resort we hadn't even, we didn't even buy it so I had lost track of even how much I had. Yeah. And it made for a pretty hungover. You got pretty loopy? Yeah. Hangover dive with the dolphins the next day. A lot of cultures, poor that's dolphins. the way it works, you know. <laughs> that's the way it works. Like when I, when I taught English in Korea, if, you're lo- if you left a little bit of alcohol in your glass, well, then they didn't fill it. But if you drank it down, the eldest at the table filled the glass. To, like, and then they would keep doing that all night. Oh, and it's yeah. That was a, and that was back in my twenties, and I should have known better, but I didn't. And mm-hmm. yeah, so if people are topping up your wine glass at any point in a restaurant or elsewhere. Um, you know, keep an eye on that and uh, and don't overindulge. And there's a reason that people actually come and get you to smell the wine mm-hmm. and taste the wine when you do order a bottle of wine, and it's not to find out whether you like it. That's actually not not why they're doing it. They want you just to make sure that the wine is good. Yes. Because there's a possibility of wine going bad. And that's known as corked wine. It's not wine that has cork floating into it, but actually there's certain cork that can be contaminated with what's called um, TCA or cork taint. And it gives off a very distinct smell and taste. That any sommelier would know. It only it only happens in a nat, uh, small percentage of wines, probably five percent, but it's uh, a it very happen. you know I guess distinct color, and mm-hmm. almost like a moldy basement or wet newspaper. So wow. often when they're coming to get you to smell it, it's not just to see if you like it. They just want to make sure it's not a wine that's gone bad. Absolutely. That makes so sense. and that's called corked wine if it's gone bad. Do we get all of our all of our info on wine? In well, this? you know, I could probably go on forever, but I Should think we're... Should we do part three? <laughs> no, I think we're good for now. You know what? We might do a part three later on down the road, but Yeah, right maybe now. down the road we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have okay. a little bit more. But we hope you enjoyed this. Hope you learned a lot about one of my favorite topics, wine. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can catch up on past episodes at infoquench.com. Or just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And help spread the word about InfoQuench. Till next time. time.